It's the fourth Sunday of Lent, sisters and brothers, and this is The Word in the World. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Paula's father, Stephen Bell, the Associate Director of the St. Thomas More Newman Center. And here on The Word in the World, we aspire to give you insight and inspiration on the Sunday readings from both a theological and a practical perspective. We're actually on location here at the Newman Center for this episode, and I am happy to have in our mobile studio today, Ms. Mary Shearer. Hi, Mary. Hi, Father Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How I'm are you so doing? I'm so happy to have have you in here today. <laughs> Mary, tell the sisters and brothers in Radio Land a little bit about yourself. I'm Mary Share. I'm a senior at The Ohio State University in electrical and computer engineering. So she's I'm, smart. <laughs> I am graduating this semester, just less than two months away. Are you excited? I'm so excited. That is really great. <laughs> because I'm staying here in Columbus, the great sea bus land, oh, excellent. Of, land of the Newman Center. Okay, what are you going to be doing after graduation? I'll be working for American Electric Power, keeping Uh-oh. the lights on. Uh-oh, AEP. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to AEP. <laughs> well, that's very good. So, Mary, as you know, I asked my guests to choose the readings for that they were to talk about, and so you chose the second reading today from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, or from the letter, rather, to the Ephesians. And so uh, I've asked, since you are a very accomplished lector. Oh, please. If you could proclaim the scripture. <laughs> so go for it. All right. Brothers and sisters... You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. Rather, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention the things done by them in secret." But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Amen. Amen. So this letter to the Ephesians is actually a a letter of encouragement. It seems that the church is really kind of looking forward to this whole notion of salvation and how it will come, but are really, you know, facing hard times, doubts, some tribulations and things. And so the uh, the author, who is widely known to be St. Paul, but then there's still some doubts among scripture scholars, is looking to give them some inspiration and teaching them who they are and what they can look forward to based on who they are. Children of the light, as you so beautifully read. I like this particular chat. Well, actually, I like the whole letter. I love the letter to the Ephesians. But my favorite is uh, four, when Paul talks about rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. And just how to maintain that attitude of keeping your mind and your eye and your heart on the prize of God and how to resist the infections that come from fear and from anguish, from the drama of tribulations and things. And so now in in chapter five, he's reiterating to the people who they are and kind of underscoring that with 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 the hope of salvation that comes to children of the light and to understand that, you know, that they reflect that same kind of light and to show forth to the people of God, or to everyone, everyone whom they encounter. So why did you choose this reading, Mary? 
Um, I definitely like it for all the reasons you mentioned uh, as far as encouragement goes. But I also saw it as calling us on mm. um, not to live in the darkness where we're comfortable and it's so easy to crawl back to. Good for you. But to to strive to live in God's light yeah. and to strive to have our works be works of light. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's really interesting how the darkness can become comfortable. I, I have a homily that I, that I use, a chair, to talk about the fact that, you know, when we look at this chair that is the brokenness, the, the, the acts, if you will, of darkness, that upon sight, it can look very uncomfortable. But the more that we sit in it, the more we get used to it and it gets used to us. And there's this fit that seems to happen, even though it really doesn't fit. But uh, it, it becomes, yeah, you're right, it, it can become very comfortable. And I'm uh, thinking, you know, particularly of darknesses like anger, like uh, like like fear and anxiety that happens, um, depressions and the, the, the cause for those sorts of things. Yeah, and I think so often we think if we keep our actions hidden, we can escape judgment. Ooh, good for you. Because we see other people and we might feel tempted to judge them or we might feel that they're judging us based on what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy to hide the things we're struggling with, to hide our temptations, our mm -hmm. failings. Um, when when we bring them into the light, that's where we get healing. That's mm -hmm. where we overcome the struggles that we're facing. That's where we find community to help mm -hmm. us through the hardest times. Mm -hmm. But because of our fear, we try to hide the things that are really hurting us. And by hiding them, we're actually keeping our hurts closer to us. What do you think makes people afraid to do to uh, to share, if you will, or shine or, or, or bring the light into the darkness of their lives? I think we know ourselves so intimately. We know our own faults very well, mm -hmm. and we don't know anyone's faults as well as we know our own. So mm -hmm. we're predisposed to assume that we're the worst person we know when mm -hmm. it just means that we we know our struggles the best because we deal with them every day. And I think that sometimes other people can see the good in us mm -hmm. and other people can tell us what strengths we have and we can use those strengths to overcome our struggles, mm -hmm. but we, we kind of shy away from community and from spending time with other people, having authentic conversations about what hardships we have in our lives because we're afraid of comparison and because mm -hmm. we think we, we don't add up, we don't measure up to the level that everyone else is living at. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a voice. I think that is a, a dialogue that's actually crafted in the darkness. Because mm -hmm. when, you, when you stay there, there are, certain, there are certain factions, if you will, that kind of speak to us and we give ear to them because the light is not we're not allowing the light to really shine us towards those voices that are helpful, that are truthful, that are righteous, that actually tell us more about who we are from a perspective that's beyond, if you will, that kind of brokenness. And so you're right. I think that it, it begins to subdue us by, by telling us that we're less than, that we're the worst of the worst. And, you know, I, I, I shudder when I think that we have accepted that old adage that we are our own worst critic. Mm -hmm. And I and I and I shudder because I I say that we've allowed ourselves we've we've created this sense of normalcy where we can dump basically all over ourselves 
and yeah. be okay because that's just what we do. We with, live in a culture where it's it's easy to get down on yourself and rag mm-hmm. on yourself in conversation, but if you if you start speaking of your praises, mm-hmm. then they go, oh, that person's a little too prideful, don't yes. you think? Yes. But it seems like there's no limit on humility right. to the point where it's unhealthy. Right, right. And I'm, and I certainly understand you know needing to strive for that balance, lest arrogance does come and take us to another uh, unhealthy end. But you know. <laughs> between me and you and all who listen today, for all of those who are truly self-deprecating, I think a little arrogance might actually be good for them. <laughs> Something to really get them to start changing the conversation from this, I you know, I hate myself, I'm the worst of the worst piece. It's like we said before, it's recognizing our strengths. Maybe mm-hmm. not taking uh, unnecessary pride in those things, but mm-hmm. recognizing the gifts that God has given us mm-hmm. that we can help ourselves with and mm-hmm. help others with to overcome hardships that pop up all across the community. Yeah, and you said it beautifully earlier about the fact that when, when the light shines you are able to see community and able to pay heed to what they see in you. I think that one of the ways in which we do know more about our strengths is because they reflect more objectively in the eyes of those who love us, who care for us, who see us in action. And so to give ear to them and hear what they actually have to say is is, is very helpful. And they can definitely keep us accountable, too, which is such an important thing. I struggle so much. I I try to keep my Lenten commitments to myself so that if I fail, if I mess up, if I miss a week, then no one will know. No one is just me and God. But it's so important to have friends and family members who know the things that we're striving for, who can push us a little harder Mm -hmm. to stay accountable with our commitments. You're right. You're right. And, you know, as as you say, the encouragement piece is so much easier when you do have that, that, that voice of love, if you will, that voice of support next to you. What do you think that this, what do you think that God is actually saying to people who hear this scripture today? What do you think, um, what what should people consider in terms of uh, in terms of how Paul is relating to the Ephesians for their own lives? I think a lot with this reading of our yes to God. I think that God is calling us into the light, mm-hmm. and we need to respond to that call. And sometimes we think, well, it's okay if I. As long as I don't say no, I'm doing okay. Mm -hmm. But we're not actually saying yes. We're not Mm -hmm. actually responding to God's call to enter into the light. Mm -hmm. So we kind of take a backseat to God's plan for our lives. Mm. And and Mm. we sit back and we we don't live out uh, fully God's mission for us because we haven't said that yes, because we're just sitting back, waiting. Um, Mm -hmm. I find myself sometimes... You know, in the back pew in, in mass, and I think, well, back here, no one can see me. Am I am I participating fully in the mass? Well, does it matter? Mm-hmm. Um, but but I find if I if I come into the light, if I say yes, say yes to myself to God, mm-hmm. um, that's where I really find myself participating fully in community in mass. That's where I find myself being held accountable, and that's where I find myself reaching the goals that mm-hmm. I set and mm-hmm. the goals that I think God has set for me. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I uh, I think that what Paul is saying is that you get to choose. 
Do you choose to live from a place of darkness or do you choose to live from a place of light? Knowing, of course, that life has its way of compelling you to live in a particular area of your life. But you get to choose that. And so does your yes, can your yes reflect one who will very uh, ardently and, and with great resolve and courage say yes to what the light actually has. It reminds me of when I was a kid, we had vocab words that my parents would try to teach us, and Uh one of them was alacrity, which means cheerful willingness. And my mother always said, you should respond to your chores with alacrity, (laughs) cheerful willingness to to carry out her work for us. And I know as a child, I definitely uh, rebelled against that quite a bit, but... Just that we could answer God's call with alacrity because his plans for us are great. They're incredible. Yes. But if we don't respond to them with that cheerful willingness, we can get bogged down by all the to-dos without the the sight of the reward at the end and and the unity with God. Exactly. Which is the, the kind of light that can sustain you, give you the fuel that you need, motivate you to, you know, to accomplish certain things in your life. I think, uh, we, we, we can, if we decide to choose the darkness over the light, um, hold ourselves back. We, we hold ourselves back and we keep ourselves down. Uh, you know, there is among those who have been through certain hardships, and I have to be very careful when I say this because I don't want to I don't want to minimize anyone's real struggles. But for those who have been victimized in a way that they can't necessarily see the light immediately or wherever they happen to be on their road to recovery or healing, uh, there is a great temptation to play the "woe is me" card to its infinite you know, extent Mm -hmm. and to live in that darkness, being a victim of whatever that circumstance was and claiming that, if you will, as your identity. Yeah. And I think that there's a great warning against that because should you do that, you don't know who you are and you are hearing, you are hearing the, uh, the truth about your life from a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's, it says, uh, Take no part in the fruitless works of darkness. Amen. When you get in that woe is me kind of pity party right. attitude, then the things you're trying to achieve or trying to do to get yourself out of it, if, if you're still in that pity party, it it's hard to have works that are fruitful right. because, because what you're working at is repetitively keeping you down. Right, right. And and again, hear me when I say this. I'm not speaking of those who are, are really feeling the brunt of, of, of a bad situation or something very traumatic actually happening. I think that you have to give yourself some time to sit in the dust. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Know, and cry and scream and do whatever you need to do while the dust is up. But as soon as the dust begins to settle, as soon as there is some modicum of strength being introduced to you, a.k.a. the light, <laughs> you know, to choose that, to choose that. And, of course, it, it won't take away, at least immediately or even over the long haul, the, the pain that may have been felt. But it becomes a, it becomes a, a, a transference um, uh, or, how shall I say, a transformation, that's the word, a transformation that can be a great witness of ministry. Absolutely. I've definitely found um, in some of my darkest times, uh, you'll you'll hit the darkness and you'll think, 
you'll look at other people who seem to be basking in that light and you'll think, Mm -hmm. that's so bright and it's so dark here. Mm -hmm. How could I possibly make that transition Mm -hmm. when it really starts with little yeses? It may not be all at once. It may not be this blinding brilliance of, oh, I was was in darkness and now, ah, St. Paul, I'm blinded on the roadside. It's just little yeses to God. Once once you can take a tiny step in the right direction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you start to look around. Maybe it's still gray, but it's not the black that it was. Right. Right. And until before you know it, you're back in the in the brilliant light. But it wasn't that that immediate switch that right. sometimes we're really hoping for, honestly, right. to get right. out of that darkness exactly. so immediately. Exactly. But it takes just little yeses Amen. to God like to get that. us there. I may borrow that. <laughs> I like the little yeses. I really do. Because <laughs> the I think, little yeses keep us going. <laughs> they do. They do. And as for as organic as we are in the ways in which we progress towards healing, towards knowing ourselves, towards knowing what what is the true, what is the truth and what is the right way to, to proceed, I think the little yes is actually give us some consolation that all we need to do is just take the next step it isn't jumping from pain to full healing Mm -hmm. in one bound or one leap but it is really appreciating the journey of little yeses i love that and not to switch readings on us but the gospel for this week it's so appropriate yes it is that uh this Poor beggar and blind man mm-hmm. is suffering, and people are asking, who sinned? Was it him? Was it his parents? Mm-hmm. And and Jesus says, maybe this was an opportunity mm-hmm. for all of you to see God's work. Mm-hmm. And if we could see all of our struggles and our hardships as an opportunity for mm-hmm. others to see how God works in our life, mm-hmm. how many people could, could we spread the light to Surely. if we saw our own struggles in that way? Surely, and yes. definitely it's not an immediate joy. Oh, praise the Lord, I'm suffering. <laughs> but, but it's definitely an opportunity for us to, to see how, how God is using us uh, as, That's right. as uh a viewpoint, a That's little right. window into heaven through our struggles. Well, we're, we're, we're demonstrations of love. We're yeah, demonstrations, demonstrations of his love of and love. of his grace. And so how do we actually demonstrate that lest we look to the light and trust what he gives to us and what he offers? And there's a continued outpouring of love and mercy in our lives. How does that? How is that made manifest, particularly in our struggles, to be a witness to those who are going through the same sorts of things? You know, and yeah, it's not a one size fits all in terms of the way in which that love is made manifest, but that it has been made manifest gives the hope. Oh, okay. yeah. Miracles are not right. n- not cookie cutter. No, they're not uniform. <laughs> they're not uniform. But fortunately, we serve a God whose love covers a diversity of riches. <laughs> and what's beautiful is he has a unique love for every single yes. one of us. Yes, indeed. It's not just that he's got a cookie cutter love for everyone or right. that he's got a unique love for a few people, for mm-hmm. others to see. Mm-hmm. But God is working in every single one of our lives. Yes, and any person around us can look into our lives and if they can see how God's working through us, what what great good is that? Yes, yes indeed. And so I, I you know, kind of moving, if you will, to this to this challenge piece. We give a challenge to our listeners. Uh, something that everybody can do within a week's time, something that reflects Christian values and something that can be derived from the scripture that we're reading. Um, the the one of the challenges that I would like to propose, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to do the same thing, Mary, is to um, really ask yourself or dare to ask yourself the question, 
how is this trial that I'm going through an opportunity for God to work something good out here? Okay, the old folks like to say that God writes straight on crooked lines throughout salvation history. He has been beautiful in messes that we ourselves have created or found ourselves in. <laughs> He's been beautiful. And so just to dare to ask that question gives a perspective that makes an entry, entry point for the light to come in. Yeah, and to bounce off that, I think when we're aware uh, of God's presence in our struggle, that's the moment where we can make that first little yes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I think this week, if people um, have an area in their life that they're really struggling in, whether it's work or school or Mm -hmm. family stresses, um, if they can find where where is that area that I can make that little yes, not Mm -hmm. make the full leap to healing, but that little first little yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be a good challenge for this week. Yeah. And, and, you know, some options might be to take more advantage of the community. If this is not something that you can carry by yourself, who's with you that can accompany you on this journey, who can give you the insight, the, the soundboard, the venting station, the kind of advice or direction that might be very helpful that will lead you to being able to take more advantage of the light that God is offering. You know, uh, so if that, that if that's the little yes to take, then take that little yes, <laughs> you know. And another one might be just resolve to get up. You know, resolve resolve to not sit down and wallow on, you know, this day or this moment, but to dare yourself instead of looking down to look up and, and see what you might find. Yeah, each you know? little yes is a step towards God, mm-hmm. and we can't make steps if we're laying on the ground exactly. in a pool of misery. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and misery loves it when we lay down. Mm-hmm. Lays down and, and or sits rather in its mess. Misery loves it. and misery loves company. Yes, it does. The more people it gets down there, the happier it is. It's so easy to pull <laughs> pull people in, but it's so wonderful too yeah. that we can pull people out. We can exactly, exactly, and I, you know, that's also a great vehicle for unity and for harmony, for spreading peace, for bringing forth hope, for uh, sharing truth for working towards righteousness, discipleship, and stewardship. I mean, all those sorts of things come from those little yeses and and really seeing and looking, deciding to live and to work and walk in the light. Amen. Amen, indeed. All right, so let's move to prayer. Prayer. You like to pray? I love to pray. So do I. What's your favorite way to pray these days? Well, this Lent... My favorite way to pray has been in Eucharistic adoration. Lovely. Because um, I just love being still, honestly. I am one to run around and think a million thoughts and to have conversations with God where I'm the only one talking. And (laughs) I find that when I sit down in the chapel in front of the Eucharist and I take a few deep breaths, I kind of get all the worries and stresses out of the day and I just bask in God's presence with yeah, us, nice. then that's that's the most restful time and that's the most peaceful time of my day. Nice. Um, so adoration, that's yeah, my, my nice. way to pray this Lent. Yeah. Mine has been um, just recently, like within the last couple of days, meditation. So waking up in the morning, and, and I used to have this moment when, you know, I find the comfort spot in my bed and just <laughs> say, thank you, Lord, and, you know, spend 
few moments in silence and and that was really good but i think just recently i needed to be more active in that prayer and so uh really getting out and putting my whole self into it it's it's almost like an act of submission uh, mm-hmm. or surrender is probably the best word an act of surrender an opportunity to really bring my whole self to the presence of the lord uh for the purposes of strength but also i you know in an interesting way mary I think more of me is wanting to pray. So my my heart wants to pray, my my mind wants to pray, my body wants to pray. And it's it's it, it makes me feel like I'm bringing the whole gang with me. <laughs> and just in the person that God has created to in me are all these um aspects and perspectives of the world that have been affected very differently like my mind has been affected differently from my heart differently from my spirit differently from my body so their prayers are pretty unique you know and so having the opportunity to say okay mind go for it you know speak <laughs> speak your woes or, or or your or your gratitude or whatever it might be just have that moment where where all of me checks in but checks in from its individual perspective that's such a good yeah. analogy for the mystical body of Christ. Amen. For it all the people is. in the church, they're affected differently, yes. but they all have a deep desire to pray and yes. thank God. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. You are the church. Oh, <laughs> and so are you, my sister. <laughs> Amen. Is there anyone that you'd like to pray for these days? Yeah. As mm-hmm. a senior, I have a lot of friends graduating as well, yes. and some who are still deciding what the next step is yeah. for them. For some, it's a little step, and for some, they're considering some big steps. Yes. I know a lot of people considering um, doing a year of service or a year Amen. on mission, Amen. and that is such a large and beautiful yes to the Lord, Simply. and I just pray that uh, that we're all there as a community with them as they make this decision of discerning what God's call Mm -hmm. is for them after college. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay. Based on our conversation, I'm going to offer my prayer today for all of those who are stuck in woe is me. So if there are people who are finding some sort of identity with the darkness and can't seem to get a, an optimistic or light filled perspective or uh, option for a, another voice in their in their self dialogue. Um, this prayer is for you <laughs> that that you might, through God's providence, see the light, and that God may speak so deeply or touch you so deeply that you say yes to the risk, say the little yes to the risk of just reaching out to the light or looking to the light, and maybe looking at things a little differently yeah. and finding strength. And that if, if they're laying down, that they know mm-hmm. that a brother and a sister is out there to yes. pull them up back to yes. their feet. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And so um, this being, well, okay, one more thing. One more thing. I just have to ask you this because you and I kind of have these conversations off, often. Gratitude. What are you thankful for? <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Oh, you know, I'm so thankful for the surprises in my day when my schedule changes, when things get canceled unexpectedly <laughs> that end up being such a gift and yes. I, be, I become so productive. <laughs> Those are the things I'm thankful for today. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 
I, I too am thankful for that. I, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I have reclaimed my spontaneity of life. And so I like... I like the fact that life doesn't work on a schedule often. <laughs> I mean, there, there are moments when the schedule makes me feel very secure, of course, because then I know what my day is going to be like. And then but, there are moments where you're reminded who's really in charge. Amen. <laughs> That's right. And you're reminded sometimes physically when your knees just can't take a nest. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Well, in honor of Lent, I thought we'd do an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be prayer. How about that? All right. Okay. In the name of the Father, Father the, the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, World, World without, without end. end. Amen. Amen. Mary, I can't thank you enough for being my guest. I think I've wanted this to happen for such a long time. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I always I just, love our chats. I love our chats too. And I am just, I got to tell you, I'm always inspired by your spirituality. Oh, thank you. I always have Steve. been. And I know that you are just going to be a continued wonderful light and minister for the people of God. Will you come back on the show one day? Absolutely. Since you're going to be in SEPA. Uh, whenever you call me back. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Well, Mary, thanks again. And sisters and brothers, we will be back next week with another episode at 930 in the morning on AM 920 WMNI. Have a blessed week.